0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Legion of Myth livestream. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this, the Legion of Myth weekly live stream, episode number 131 on this, the 30th of September, 2017, Common Era, or whatever prophet you choose to believe in the year of. I'm Alex
1: Garthon, Martian with me is Brett Heathen Dog, Grissomer. Hello, everyone. Well, I hope we find you well this evening, or this morning, or this afternoon, or whenever you're actually
0: watching this. We hope that whenever you listen to this, you are actually better than you were. In a previous time period That's As far as our linear understanding of time goes
1: That That's the wish of everyone, I think
0: I hope so You never know, know, there's some weirdos out there
1: Yeah,
0: fair Yep, plenty of weirdos Speaking of weirdos um, In this uh, episode, we are going to be going over Heathen Dog's Heathen Dogma Where he's going to be talking about Assassination Classroom And Naruto the Movie Guardians of the Crescent Moon Kingdom Oh golly, I'm excited about that, I bet it's good
1: Oh, you're probably right <laughs>
0: About one of those. (laughs) uh, After that, we're going to talk about Garthon's comic poll, where Garthon will be talking about Marvel Legacy, number one. Infamous Iron Man, number 12. And Generations, the Americas, number one. Then in the RNG, we're going to be talking about, uh, believe it or not, the new super exciting Star Trek series, Star Trek Discovery. Our first thoughts. Actually, technically not our first thoughts, because we had those. When we saw it, before we saw it. Yes, these are like I don't know eighty-nine thoughts probably.
1: True, true. But the, these thoughts are backed up by actual stuff now. Sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Doctor, I said, see, you are doing Discovery stuff. We need, <laughs> we need to have you on the Discovery Roundtable. I would love to go on Discovery Roundtable. The new special podcast being brought to you by the fine folks at the Foundry Roundtable, where they will be discussing every episode of Star Trek Discovery. Highly recommended. I haven't heard it yet, but I'm sure it's great. All right. <laughs> uh, do I, anyway, uh, let's uh, let's talk about the disclaimer. Everyone loves the disclaimer to feel better about the world at large because the world's crazy, folks. And when the world is coming down on you, and everyone's talking nuts, and you have no idea what's happening all around you, people are arguing and screaming at each other, even though they actually agree, they just don't even know it. You have all you have to do is my friends is go up to them. And give them this. Let them know that the opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire legion of this organization. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language or ideas. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Ideas, me. Yeah, language, you. No, 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 false. Already lies. Lies already. (laughs) Lies already. Uh, So, you can like, subscribe, or comment through Twitch, YouTube, Reddit, Facebook, Twitter. We haven't tweeted quite a bit. It's been fun. Uh, Discord, Facebook Messenger, Steam Groups. The audio version of this is available through SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, or find podcast aggregators everywhere. If you want to support the Legion of Myth, and you should... You could find this on all sorts of things. You could support us through Twitch streaming as a, as a subscription uh, through Patreon at patreon.com slash myth. a Streamlabs donation at twitch.streamlabs.com slash Myth. directly through PayPal at paypal.me slash Myth or get our gear and rep the Legion of Myth as you can see, us fine folks doing. Um, yeah, look at
1: Dorethon's got his gear. I got my, I got my shirt gear. on.
0: Yellow. Boom. Yellow, because the ladies always say Yellow.
1: It's Garth on yellow.
0: <laughs> At shop.spreadshirt.com/legionofme. Oh, shirt
1: kind of broken up. That's no, okay.
0: That's all right. That's right. You yeah, look it's good up. though. It's a you little look shady, good. But... People love the dual shirt look. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I like it.
1: And now this, this is my my go-to look in junior high.
0: So is mine. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Heathen Dogma's anime on the
1: stream. Outstanding. Well, everyone, I'm glad to see you here happy happy that uh, you're with us today and it's a good news for everyone we have uh, one anime from Hulu and one from Netflix that's right I'm actually uh, I'm actually doing doing the right thing today because this is all anime you're supposed to find on Hulu and/ or Netflix so here we go the first one we have assassination classroom now this one I resisted. I, it kept it kept showing up in my Hulu. Oh, you should watch this! You should watch this! You should, I'm like, this is stupid. It's a dude in Look a Look at ro- this guy! It's a smiley
0: face in a robe. Come
1: on! Exactly. He's he's a freaking walking emoji with tentacles. Come on, man! Come on! Uh, welcome I to Japan. I resisted until one day I went, "Fine, I just wanted I wanted out of the of the uh, of the recommended queue while so watching episode. Yeah. And I watched another. I watched then I watched all of them.
0: <laughs> you kept watching all of them. Oh, that's actually pretty good.
1: The the whole premise is this uh, monstrosity uh, says that uh, he blew up 70% of the moon. And people know that because they look in the sky and see 70% of the moon is now gone. And he says he's going to do that to the Earth in one year. Unless, because he wants to make it sporting for everyone on the Earth, they can kill him. Now he's he's really, really hard to kill. Uh, in fact, uh, he's immune to all conventional weapons. They, they do have a substance that, uh, that, that can kill him, but hitting him is a little tough, and we'll get to that after the particulars. Now we have here, uh, directed by uh, Seiji Kishi, I guess, uh, written by Mak- Makoto Uezu, I guess? Sure. Uezu? Sure. Uezu, there you go. That's probably it. Uh, music by Naoki Sato. Studio is Lurch. I guess. The rest is by Madman Entertainment. Maybe Madman Entertainment, Funimation, Anime Limited. Original network was Fuji TV. Original run was January 9, two thousand fifteen, to June 19, two thousand fifteen. Thirty-five episodes. Now, here's the thing: there are there's a discrepancy in the episode count. And Hulu only has thirty-five episodes, but according to some of the wiki wiki material, there's actually forty-five. Oh. But I couldn't find these these ten ghost episodes and they they and I, I definitely know they weren't counting OVAs and stuff so I don't know what that is but there's 35 on Hulu and it sums it up really nice it, it, it begins and ends really great so why mess with perfection there you go and of course you can watch it like I said on Hulu now we'll go to the main characters uh, Koro sensei he is the he is the emoji with tentacles now he didn't have a name in the beginning one of the students actually named him Koro is a is a, a part of the, of the word uh, for invincible in, in Japanese, and since he's a teacher, he's sensei. So koro sensei. There you go. Uh, he is the protagonist, I guess. Even though he says he's going to destroy the world, unless you kill him, he's still a good guy. Uh, everyone believes he's of alien origin because well, he eh. looks like a freaking alien. Eh, eh. you know? Yeah. Uh, he is. A, he is a special, uh, a special being where he has matter and antimatter in his body simultaneously and they they uh, act harmoniously with each other Hmm. they don't actually touch each other and blow up Hmm. now it doesn't explain this do they have like energy fields in between them so they don't touch but he can still harness the energy he wants to don't know no idea they don't they didn't go into the into the super science of it but what this allows him to do it allows him to uh to uh rapidly regenerate and move really fast so when when i say conventional weapons can't really harm him they do but uh let's say you shoot him in the head with a bullet the bullet touches him pierces his skin as soon as it passes it immediately heals like like nanoseconds later it heals so damage is well worthless doesn't doesn't actually hurt him because he heals less than a fraction of a second later. Now, this substance that I was talking about earlier, that the that the government has, and they never explain how they got that either, uh, is uh, it's it's a substance that that stops that uh, that healing reaction for for a time. So any damage done stays a lot longer. Which means if you cut off his head or pierce his heart or his brain, something like that, it could actually kill him because he won't be able to regenerate immediately. And, of course, this whole rapid regeneration is is a rapid you know, cellular process, which means he can also move quickly. And by quickly, I mean Mach 20. And I don't mean just flying, which he does quite a bit. I mean, he he commonly flies to the Arctic to to get ice for slushies. As one does. He feels, like, he feels like a slushie right then. But uh, he can move instantaneously, like, say, his finger from here to there, going Mach 20 in between. All right. Okay, so hitting him, actually killing him, is a lot tougher when he can move so fast he can create a mirage that he's still there when he's not really anymore. Okay, And of course uh, uh, for some reason he decided to teach this uh, a, a classroom of failing students. No one knows why. He, it was part of his demands. Isn't that always like, the, the way in these work?
0: Japanese dramas? There's the worst there, class there is in the reason. school.
1: <laughs> well there's always the worst class in, in any school. There's always one. I mean in, in America uh, uh, people don't you know uh, the, the the administration doesn't broadcast that fact like this right here <laughs> these guys suck.
0: Yeah, apparently in Japan in, they in numbered them in, so they all know who the worst class they, is.
1: Yeah, they actually number them so E you know is the worst is the worst class. <laughs> the, the worst. It's like all the the dregs go there. You know, so yeah. But the, he, he doesn't say why he he wants to be a teacher. But the government agreed because well if he's going to be in the same place Five days Don't be able to kill him. Exactly. We have a better chance of killing him, and uh, we can actually enroll the students in killing him too.
0: Duncan Idaho suggests killing him with kindness.
1: It doesn't work. Oh, yeah, it's very sad. So who are the other main characters? Well, the students of class three e. okay? they uh, like I said, they're the worst class in a very prestigious junior high school. Okay. Yes, they are uh, it's 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 a very, very tough school to get into. Uh, it's it's a, it's a lot of money and it's uh, the, the, the people from uh, the people who graduate from this junior high almost like 99% of the time do very well in high school and go on to university. Uh, for some reason, uh, Koro sensei chose there's the worst class in school to be a teacher. And he does that doesn't get explained until almost the end of the series. Well, the worst but class you,
0: at the best school is still pretty good, I got
1: to think. Yeah, yeah. The, the worst class in that school is probably better than the average class in, in a public school. But, uh, the government says that, hey, uh, um, there's a, if any, for the person, for the kid who successfully kills this, this abomination, you'll get 10 billion, with a B, yen. That's pretty support. good. It is good. I like it. I take now, it. Now, uh, in our, in our, in the, in the last thing, I forgot to, I forgot to play the clip. We, we can play it right now. Go ahead and play clip number one for Assassination
0: Classroom. <laughs> Give
1: you a chance to give to give you
0: a to you to to Oh, so he was born
1: and raised on Earth. Mm-hmm. That's what he says. Well, why would he lie? Well, all right. So there, there you go. That, uh, that is the, that is the introduction by, by uh, another of the, of the characters, which we will now see. Uh, Karasuma, Karasuma Sensei. He's, a, he's a black ops soldier, but he was chosen for this assignment because he also has a teaching certificate. Why? Why a, a trained killer? Some reason, as I don't know why uh, not. I, I, I guess you know it, it was easy to get. Apparently, he got it, so he was tasked to to teach the kids uh, how to assassinate someone.
0: Well, maybe he got it, hoping to teach other Black Ops soldier stuff.
1: You know, could be, could be. But he ended up teaching a, a bunch of a bunch of kids. Uh, uh, he, he starts off with uh, with basic fighting techniques to begin this series, and moves on to more advanced assassination stuff toward the early middle and by, by the end all of these kids are like you know trained mercenary level level killers you know they're 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 good they're all very very good now uh the other teacher Irina, she is uh she's slavic i believe and she is a, a world-class assassin hired by the japanese government to kill kuro as well and she poses as a, as a language arts teacher
0: all right, makes now, sense.
1: Uh, Yeah. She uh she speaks Japanese, English, French, a uh, bunch of bunch of Slavic uh languages and um Spanish I believe very fluently because it's her job to blend in to to get close to people and then kill them. She's an assassin. She has many different covers, all of them come in useful in in learning in uh in learning the language, learning the cities, learning everything so she has a lot to teach. <laughs> Except that she's She's kind of a bitch. So they, all the children nicknamed her Bitch Sensei. Well, you know. Instead, doubt, instead we, of Aruma Sensei, they, they call her Bitch Sensei. I doubt but she'd be the, the
0: nicest person.
1: Nah, she's not the nicest person. I mean, is uh, uh, very by-the-book professional. So, you know, he's not a warm or anything, but the kids get where he's coming from. Okay, he's, he's a pro. It's where we learn. Okay, they respect him. Her, she's just mean to people.
0: Because she doesn't want to be teaching them anyway.
1: Yeah, she does want to be there, but she has to because, hey, you know what? If if you want to collect this bounty, you have to be a teacher at the school or else you got to go because part of the contract we signed with him is that no one can be there who doesn't have a job to be there. So he's a teacher. He's got to be there. The students are there. They've got to be there so they can try and kill him. Kurosama is a, is a phys, phys ed teacher, so he can try and kill. So she has to have a job at the school a reason to be there to try and kill him. So they have to make her a language teacher, which is great. Makes sense. Now, when you're thinking about antagonists, well, you have to, all the people that want to kill the supposed protagonist. And of those is the students of class three E. They want to kill him. They all want 10 billion. billion, billion, billion yen. And B, B billion yet. And to, to see the first day of class, we can go ahead and roll clip number two. Two, it took the
0: hito a gollyo. Ki Ki Li Ki Li Ki Li Ki Li Ki Li Ki Li Ki A Ki Li Ki Li it's a healthy amount of gunfire. I hope there's no one important in the class behind them.
1: Oh no! All of those, uh, all of those uh, BBs that they're firing are, are made of that compound. They have very, very little penetration oh, okay. value except to him. All right. So it's very safe. And the, the 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 most you could do against a human is maybe put his eye out or something. You know, like like a normal BB. Yeah, fair you enough. Know, it's it's not going to kill any person or animal or whatever, just him. All right. Now, uh, throughout the throughout the series, as they're as they get uh, as they get more and more trained in assassination, they get better. And a couple of times, they almost get them. Like uh, there was at the end of the first season, I'm like, "Wow, this is a really good plan. This might work," and I almost did. I was like, "It's going to be over after one season? Wow, what the heck?" But no, <laughs> he he pulled it out in the end. Now they they end up loving this guy because number one, uh, he's uh, well extremely invested in them as a as a teacher. Again, no one no one yet knows why he wanted to be a teacher or why he's so he's so die hard, excuse me, die hard into it. But uh, he is, and he does a great job. He's really good at it, huh. and so they all love him because all of their grades are improving. But they don't love him as much as not wanting the world to explode. It's like a
0: Japanese twist in Welcome Back, Cotter.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, like, yeah, I really like this guy, but mm, he's got to go. Because it's either that or we all die. Everyone yeah. I love, have yeah. ever loved, or will ever love, is going to burn in in a, in a hellish explosion. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to go. Kind of against now, that. Yeah. Who, who's the other antagonist? Well, the government. The Japanese government. Because they, they've kept it a secret from all the other governments so far. Uh, the the whole moon thing was like oh that's freaky deaky I don't know what's going on there so you know, put a they... picture of General Patton After, no it's MacArthur oh,
0: MacArthur sorry that's MacArthur so, clearly
1: sorry just just because I didn't I didn't I didn't see any any Japanese generals I like the cut of their jib but MacArthur his jib is cut he smoked so out a corn cob you can't exactly. mess with him no it's crazy. Anyway. Uh, these, uh, of course, this is the Japanese government. They can spend whatever amount of money they want and whatever assassination plot they want. They've already hired like a half dozen uh, pro assassins uh, throughout the throughout the series. And uh, the only the only uh, the only restrictions on, on the, the the government's attempts to assassinate him are the need for the secrecy because you can't go all in, you know, military wise, and still keep it a secret what you're doing, yeah, or what you're doing it to, or why. You know, right. not only against your people, but also against other countries. Like, why are you committing half of your naval destroyers to bombard this one village in your own country? What? Training exercise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they don't do it. But the thing is, uh, the, 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 all of the government's uh, attempts at him were so straightforward and obvious that they were easily avoided. So they, did, they don't have a shot, just a chance in hell of, of actually killing him. They don't. The guy that does is this dude Shiro. All right. Now, uh, ever since he was he was first introduced, he's like a Bond villain. I mean, he he monologues and he says he says, "Oh, Kuro Sensei." He's only missing a cat. He's like, "Oh, Kuro Sensei." Now is the time of your dead evening withdrawal or whatever. He just, it, it doesn't translate well anyway, but, uh, uh, he, uh, he, he constantly says like creepy stuff like that. As a matter of fact, that uh, go ahead and run clip number three. You can see one of his, uh, one of his assassination attempts.
0: Well, for that, want to see Doug and had a good idea, if uh, you're bombing your own village, you just tell them you found a Godzilla nest.
1: Yeah. Eh? Oh, that would, that would really freak out all the people like, all the Japanese people. American people are like, The young so First
0: let your final death match begin. Mm-hmm. Well, See? he, he seem villain. like a Bond villain, yeah.
1: All the way, exactly, right? So, uh, yeah, it, uh, you don't know who he is. Uh, that that whole white garb and and the whole thing that that's all made of, of the same material that uh, that he's quote unquote allergic to. You know, the same thing that the okay, that the kids' knives and bullets are made out of. So so sensei can't actually touch him without you know. Well, you, himself you, you, yeah, you, you saw what happened when you touched the sheets that were made of the same substance yeah yeah so yeah and you, you you finally find out who he is and and why he's important later on in the series but that's a big spoiler i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that to you that's a huge spoiler but what i am gonna tell you is what stars i gave it the first time ever this is the first time ever it's insane ever five star <laughs> anime series first time ever. The reason being is there's so many so many episodes and so many ways to screw up. All right, so And they didn't. Ever. Wow. They didn't screw up ever. The entire time. I couldn't take away anything. Now, I'll, I'll tell you about that with the good points and bad points. Character development. There's like 20 some odd kids in that classroom. By the end of the series, they have great backstory on 16 of them. Nice. Which is unprecedented. I mean, uh, in in 35 episodes, you you barely get get backstory on all the main characters in a normal series. That's true. Half half these half of these kids in the in the class. They're permanent background fixtures, you know. But yeah. you still get backstory on them. It's like, wow, really? And uh, the 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 characters are so well written, and and so well voice acted that they help you suspend the, the whole disbelief of this thing, of this creature right here. That weird smiley squid. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the squid emoji. You know, the, at first it's absolutely ridiculous, but they go all in. And by the end of the series, you get it. You don't even think it's ridiculous anymore. It makes perfect sense. How they did that, phenomenal feat of writing is what they did. All right. The story, excellent. Uh, it, uh, all, all of the characters grow and change in ways you'd expect from the stimulus they have gotten and received. And, uh, all of the, all the backstory from the main character to the main villains, to the people in the government, they all slowly unravel through the series in a very timely manner. There was no point in this entire series where I wanted to skip ahead. Like, oh, this is dragging. Never happened. Ever. Neat. It was, it was amazing, and the villains, the Bond villain, he was he was just the the main villain guy at the end. But uh, you you saw uh, you get to you get to know uh, a couple of the assassins the the Japanese government hired. Uh, uh, Shiro the, the the Bond villain made several attempts on Kuro-sensei's life, and each 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 attempt you learn a little bit more about about Shiro, a little bit more about him, and it you know, puts him more into focus. You know, and and uh, the, the the villains were. They're written so well, you want him to come back. you know, like, wow, I want him to come back because I want to see what he's gonna do next, what he's gonna say next, all this stuff. And the writing is so good it just like like I said it it, it helps you immerse into into the entire world. Uh, the the writing, the, the character acting, and the story all come together in a perfect in a perfect way to put you in there. you're like you're watching every second of it. you don't want to fast forward. you want to you immediately want to click to the next episode after the first one's done. It's that good. Wow, very now, cool. Bad points. None. Now I put an asterisk there for, for people like Max Theow, who's who's listening right now in the future. Yes. Ooh, speak <laughs> to you from the past. From the past. Woo! No, but uh, if you cannot initially suspend your disbelief until the writing pulls you in, the the premise is ridiculous. Granted, if if you if you can't get over that. You're not going to like it.
0: No, just but every good movie has a ridiculous premise.
1: It, well, you know, a, a lot of them do. This one, more so than most, I mean, again, look at the picture. Emoji Squid. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Professor and, Emoji Squid. Exactly, right. So, uh, if you can suspend your disbelief for two episodes, you're hooked. You're in. And you're like, nope, this is perfectly normal. But if you can't, then this is easily going to be just a three-star deal for you. That's it. But uh, for me... Five stars, easy. It it wasn't, it was a no brainer. Very impressive. Yes.
0: I have to look this one up because I've, I, you know, I hear a lot of buzz about this one, but I've never really quite understood what it was about until now. So thank you. There
1: you go. Now, here we go to the opposite end of this particular spectrum. What? This one's going to be twice as good.
0: Twice as good. Twice as good. (laughs) Ten stars. We go
1: to Naruto, the movie Guardians of the Crescent Moon Kingdom. This is the third Naruto movie out of like nine or eight or something like that. But uh, I had a lot of problems with this movie. Uh, now, it is for kids. but I, I, I bore that in mind the entire time. It is for kids because this is the point in Naruto where, uh, where this movie takes place in the timeline where he's still 10, 11, 12, all right? So the the, the plots are going to be a little a little childish. The, the, the characters are going to be a little over the top or a little too dramatic. I get it, but this one just messed with me bad. Now, I'm going <laughs> to go into the particulars with this. Uh, Directed by Toshiyuki Tsuru. Tsuru, I guess. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Yeah, written by Junkie Takagami. I'm probably not Junkie, but I like saying Junkie. Uh, Music by Toshiro Masuda. Studio, Studio Perot, which does a lot of of anime movies, by the way. They do. Uh, Distributed by Toho Company Limited and Viz Media. Running time of 95 minutes. It was released on 5 August 2006, and you can watch it on Netflix. Although, I don't recommend you do that. Now... (laughs) We'll go to the main characters. Main characters are Uzumaki Naruto, Kakashi Hakate, Sakura Hanaro, and Rock Lee. Rock Lee is a substitute in Team Seven, uh, because this is uh, this is in the original series uh, after Sasuke left to be evil. But, yeah, but before the first time. Naruto, yeah, but, but before Naruto Shippuden, when when a permanent new member named Sai came in, so Rock Rock Lee was the was the stand-in to make a whole team. Because Rock Lee is yeah. awesome, so they have to put it anywhere. Rock Lee is awesome. He's he's the awesomest guy in this whole in this whole dang movie, and which is bad because usually Kakashi is awesomest. Yeah, it's like it's like said, Usually he's,
0: he's not. Thing. I really yeah. like Rock Lee. But usually he's not the awesomest.
1: Yeah, he's not. But he is in this one. Uh, anyway, uh, their their mission is a, it starts off being a B rank mission. They have to escort uh, the the crown prince of the of the uh, kingdom of the moon. Uh, from his long vacation back to his back to his hometown back to so his it's an escort mission. D-
0: does he yeah. slowly walk and exactly. wander around to where the monsters are all the time?
1: Oh no they walk uh, the, the, the the prince and his son get to ride in gilded carriages and crap. So it's even worse.
0: That is fantastic. very slow gilded carriages I assume.
1: Oh oh very slow awesome. Awesome. Yeah, exactly right. And of course, everything turn, turns turns pear shape because it wouldn't be it wouldn't be. It would little, be. Hit. It would be even
0: slightly yeah. interesting then.
1: It would be a little bit interesting. They're like, oh, we got him back. It was all. It was fine. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what happened. So let's let's look at the the prince and his little princeling kid. Uh, Machiru is the prince of the land of the moon. He's the big, stupid-looking, fat guy. All right. He is stupid and he is fat. Both of these things are true. And his kid, Hikaru, is neither stupid nor fat. Yes. Now, to to get a little inside Michiru's mindset, see what makes this buffoon tick. Let's watch clip one. Alright, we are going to
0: this clip right now. It is playing. <laughs>
1: What you
0: you. What in the hell? Yep. What in the <laughs> yes? Yep. Someone called, oh, wow, that, yeah, Gee, whoa.
1: Yep, yep. He is a uh, bit of a pedo.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say a creepy pervert.
1: Yes, yes. He is a he's a bit of a pedophile because Sakura can't be more than twelve or thirteen. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. So yeah, um, it's bad. And you thought that was bad, Ew. really? You thought that was bad. That was bad. Yeah, it was. It gets better. Run clip number two. To, I don't to see want to. I feel to, dirty. No, 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 no. To, to see how he and his estranged wife get along. Estranged wife—it made clip one even creepier. Yes, it did. Three. Let's run it.
0: Two. Whoa, his estranged wife is smacking him out. uh what what i don't understand it
1: okay uh the whole the whole thing about that is uh he has no spine he has no thoughts to other people's actions uh to other people's feelings sorry and uh no no thoughts to his own actions and he thinks he can buy everyone like with, uh, with his wife he was like i'll give you anything if you come back I'll, I'll give you whatever you want. You want a mansion? I'll give you a mansion. Your parents can live with us. It'll be great. That—that that was her parents in the background, by the
0: way. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, I'll give you jewels. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. And then she smacked the crap out of him because that's not what a wife wants. A, a wife wants, you know, a husband to be to be strong, to be a, a provider, to you know. Oh, because and, she was and, telling
0: you if you go to act sm- like a bitch, we'll smack you like.
1: Yeah, a bitch. yeah. You act, you act like a bitch. Smack you like one. And then of course, all this happens in front of in front of their child.
0: So How lovely. She
1: gets, <laughs> see is his dad get, gets smacked down by by his mom and but, so
0: well he honestly his dad did have it coming
1: yeah he, he probably did but but still i mean yeah what it's kind of true. Childhood yeah. Is that? yeah true yeah hikaru the, the the kid is the one that actually has the only spine in, in the in the male part of that family I and mean, he actually has to teach his dad to man up toward the end and he finally does the last moment. He he mans up and oh, very nice. And it's supposed to be this great moment, which I don't buy because clip number one. <laughs> no, no, but he's a good guy. Now he's transformed. Mm mm mm. See, see, all clip number one. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, dude.
0: No, he's just tougher about being a weird creep.
1: Exactly. Now, uh, on their way home, uh, they 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 went to a circus, kind of like a Ringling Brothers equivalent to to the Naruto universe, and. Uh, the, the, uh, the kid was like, loved the circus so much that he had his father buy it.
0: The and whole circus. Two,
1: the whole circus. Bought the whole circus to take it home to his kingdom. Yeah, why not? Why not? Anyway, uh, two of, of the of the ancillary characters were, uh, were animals. A saber-toothed tiger and a monkey. Chamu, the saber-toothed tiger, and the monkey, Kiki. Uh, they're, they're part of uh, uh, Michiru's now, Michiru's uh, circus which he it actually showed how much money he like it was like a million, whatever, to buy the circus, and he just kind of signed it over. Here you go. Great. Uh, during the during the ride back to their kingdom, they were hit by a storm, and the saber-toothed tiger didn't like people at all, so no, no one could get close enough to his cage to get him to safety. Well, Hikaru was like, I can't let this, can't let the animal die, so he, he goes and he opens the cage, and the thing tries to attack him, and then they're both uh, washed out into the ocean during the storm. Well, Na- Naruto saves them, and uh, um, uh, Chamu, the save t- save two Tiger, was actually biting onto uh, Hikaru's clothes, and Hikaru was hanging on to Kiki. So they, they all bonded. So now they're all friends. Alright, sure. Which 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 helps later, because uh, we get to see the antagonist when they finally get back home. And the main antagonist is is Ishidate. Now, Ishidate is a is a mercenary ninja hired by the prime minister to kill the uh, the, the the prince and his son because the the, the the king is is thought to be dead and he will take over the entire country. Now, the reason he wanted to do that is because uh, the the uh, the uh, king. Had, in his old age, had all these weird ideas like giving money back to the people, lowering taxes, uh, you know, c- creating a social security network for the old and the infirm. He's obviously a madman, obviously bonkers, crazy because the prime minister is rich and he just wants to get richer. That's right. So he, so he had the, he had the king assassinated, and he had, uh, he had these, these guys. Uh, that, that's the, that's the head. Uh, Ishidate is the head of the uh, mercenary ninja team. To uh, to not only kill the king but also the returning prince and and the the prince's kid. Well, uh, team seven gets in there, saves them, and then comes back in to to win the day, take back the kingdom, Ooh. and and all the all that all that good stuff. Now, the the prince has to die, quote unquote, the right way. Now. Uh, a, 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 a nameless mercenary ninja killing the prince with no ties back to the prime minister it means the prime minister could assume steady in c- control of the of the country without the people even hinting at revolting.
0: Right, they right? can't think that you know he was behind it'd be bad.
1: Right, but but since the first the first attack failed, and Team Seven got the got him out, it was known that that you know the, these guys, the, this mercenary group, works for the prime minister. So he had to get he had to make sure that. That uh, that uh, the the uh, crown, crown prince and the prince died of natural quote unquote natural causes like you know hanging themselves or whatever which yeah it
0: happens all he, the time he,
1: yeah, yeah he he does this elaborate death trap type thing toward the end which obviously the good guys get him out of but yeah it happens it happens <laughs> like that now. The rating on this thing easily 2 stars. I mean, oh my god, it's just over the top nonsense. The good stuff is, it, like 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 all Naruto movies, it has the vibe like the 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 non-communist vibe of good guys win, right? You're a good guy, you're going to win. You, you know this going in. It yeah, does not yeah. disappoint. But that's only thing I can say about it. Because the bad stuff, oh my god, the the uh, powers that they use, they do not know these things during the time when this movie takes place in their, in their lives, like so uh, in the
0: main series, won't be able to do the ability series.
1: Yes. in the main series w- w- during the time that this takes place, uh, Sakura does not have super strength. She right. learns that during the two year time skip when she's 15 or 16, uh, studying under the, uh, the the fifth Hokage. Right, but whoever's writing this didn't bother actually to check didn't anything. Didn't bother to fact check anything. So she has she has she has super she has super strength and healing abilities when she did not did not learn any of that yet. And uh, um, st- stuff like that. Sakura usually usually gets the the fuzzy end of the lollipop when when it comes to story messing with her. Well, that is true. Yeah, and then there's the body morphing. You know, I hate body morphing. when when they're trying to depict fast motion. And that's why I'm looking at clip number three. Go ahead and run it, and you you see Rock Lee and all of his horrible glory. Here we go.
0: He nuntrucked himself in the head. Yeah. And then he's all crazy with the anatomy.
1: Yes. Very fast and loose. And they
0: even use slow-mo. I know you like that, too. So the body morph and slow-mo.
1: Look at that! That's awful. Absolutely disgusting.
0: The only thing they needed to add was a fisheye, and they actually kind of had a fisheye in one of those shots. They did, yeah. So they had all of your. Uh, they sins. Had
1: all. They they checked all the bad boxes on this one. It was it, it was a travesty. Just a freaking travesty. Now the villains. Oh my god! Now, I, like I said, I said in the beginning, this is this is for kids. So the villains are going to be over the top. All right, they are going to be, but there that was true. But they're all so stupid, like really stupid. Like, any ten or twelve year old watching this could look, could be like, "Wow, I could easily not have to fight that guy. Trick him into a hole filled with spikes, and he'll die. He's that dumb." So, ugh. And <laughs> and and, and uh, the the crown prince Machiro. Well, yeah. I go ahead and see clip number one. Just just watch clip number one uh,
0: again. No, I'm not <laughs> playing that.
1: <laughs> You cannot get behind this guy You can't Even at the end When he quote unquote Redeems himself Bull Clip number one No Clip number one Will always trump All of your life's accomplishments
0: Even Twitch for a theta agrees We are not playing Twitch clip number one again (laughs) It's just too creepy
1: so there you have it. Uh, that's, uh, that's two stars. You only watch this if you're a big Naruto fan. Even then, it's kind of like... <laughs> and you don't watching, like yourself. Yeah, watching the Star Wars prequels just because, you know what, I want to be able to talk about them. You want to say that you,
0: you're you having a party, there's a marathon, You and you've agreed you're going to watch every Star Wars film.
1: Yes. That's, and yeah. you just have to suffer through it because that's every Star Wars film. Yeah, that's the only reason to watch this film. That's the only reason. But that's my that's my heathen dogma. Well, oh, thank yet. you very much for that heathen dogma. What is the worst prequel? I'm gonna have to go with. Oh, god, it's, I, it's I so say two. close. I say two. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna go between two and three, but yeah, two. Yeah. Yep.
0: All right. If you want more heathen dogma, and we know you do, you can check out his past videos on YouTube, uh, admin RPG segments, and his team ups with that Garthon cat in Star Trek Online's foundry. You can check past streams of him running Star Trek Online with Buck fast McCool as he levels through the Star Trek Online game. Uh, StarCraft 2: Darkest Dungeon, which will never be played again. And Observer, until he falls through the infinite hole over and over and gives up. And yep. Amnesia, the Dark Descent, where ah, he... beat that he, one. He, ha! Yes, and it was creepy, too. It was creepy.
1: Now uh, the one, the one I'm playing now is almost done, I think, but it's also creepy. It's a little more on rails, a little, little less, little less, I didn't have to cheat in this one, so that that's good. But it is, it is, uh, ooh, it's it's a bit of a creepy thing.
0: Duncan Idaho says that the worst prequel was uh,
1: whatever came before Cold Blue <laughs> Shall not be named. Shall not be named. <laughs> That was so bad. That's it. You know, I'm gonna use all my moderator powers. I'm I'm kicking Duncan. Oh no, don't kick Duncan. We like Duncan too much. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, t- today, uh, your special alcohol treat for today is New Amsterdam vodka, red berry. Doesn't say which red berry, but it's a red one. So, I'm gonna drink that. Raspberries are red. Raspberries are red, but so are a lot of the poisonous berries. That so is true. Find out. What color are poison berries? I think they're purple.
0: Logan berries are red, aren't they? <laughs>
1: Oh God, no! It is just a berry. That's probably red. Oh, jeez.
0: Why do you do that to yourself?
1: Oh God, that is awful. That is awful. It's it's like it's like red Nyquil. Oh. Why? I don't. Uh, are you like?
0: Oh. Did you lose a bet so you have to do that?
1: Yes, I lost a bet with my wife.
0: All right, there you go. Good job. I
1: have to do this every week. <laughs> oh, that was awful.
0: And the alcohol helps get you through it, right? But umph. <laughs> 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 Alright, everyone, let's go on to something else, something that's hopefully less creepy. Let's talk about. Comic pool. Yes! Garthon's Comic Pole. That seemed quiet. That was quiet. I'm running that again because I need it loud. Carson's yes! Garthon's Comic Pole, <laughs> sing it loud, Shinatsu. Oh, uh, let's talk about Marvel Legacy Number One. All right. Uh, Marvel, uh, as part of their ongoing apology for Secret Empire, um, is basically doing their version of DC's Rebirth, uh, where they're basically like semi-rebooting all their characters.
1: Yeah, it went it went great for for Rebirth too. It did
0: actually. Most of DC's Rebirth is really
1: good. Some of them.
0: Yeah. Some not so much. But most of them are really good. Superman is like the big exception of. Actually no, Superman Rebirth was good. Superman New 52
1: was awful. Was they had they so bad they had to get rid of him.
0: Yeah, they did. Part of the rebirth was booting New 52 Superman cuz he sucked. So. Nice lenticular cover. Ooh, changes nothing. But It's pretty. Well, it goes like black and white to color, I guess. Anyway, um this it was written by Jason Aaron. Um artists are Russell Dodderman, Alex Maleev, Asad Ribbick, and Chris Samney. I have no idea who did what. There you could tell there are multiple artists in the book. Mm-hmm. But nowhere in the book is there your typical splash page saying who wrote who wrote it, who the artists are, letter inker. none of that is in this book.
1: Well, who whoever did the cover, uh, needs to work on his on their faces because the Hulk I don't know, man. He looks like he's he was like round twelve in a fight, his his right eye is swollen shut. He's angry, and he, and, he, and his face was uh, is modeled in clay that's been in an oven for a while. I'm all right with it. Mm. Um, the loose story happening in
0: this book is the original quote unquote Avengers formed about one million BC. What? I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, basically you they don't call themselves the Avengers, but they're calling, but there's actually a a book coming out called Avengers Million B.C. I think it's a limited series. But, it involves Odin, um, who is currently wielding Mjolnir, who he had, who he has (laughs) recently forged. Sure. Not like yesterday, but, you know, maybe 10, 20 years ago. Um, the Phoenix Force, just the Phoenix Force itself. Just the... Call, call. Yeah, well, it's in a girl form because the Phoenix Force digs girl forms.
1: Yeah, for some reason, just loves the chicks.
0: That's right. Um, also, you have the Sorcerer Supreme, the Black Panther. Pamp- no, it's uh, just some crazy dude. Alien. Uh, actually, well, actually, the Sorcerer Supreme is uh, is Agamotto, oh,
1: as, in, okay. as in
0: the Eye of Agamotto. Right, right, right. Um, you also have. Starbrand, who, lo- who looks a lot like the Hulk. Uh, Starbrand is like Earth's internal defense. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, super mega powerful, but we'll get to that later. Um, also, you have the Iron Fist, who is a chick. Basically, you're like having all these like, pri- and also uh, the Black Panther. So you have all these like, primal energy things for like, the world's first super team. And they end up fighting a Celestial. They're not sure what it is yet. They've never seen a Celestial. The Celestials are these great big space gods who, when they show up to your planet, you're kind of screwed.
1: Yeah, they're, they're going to judge you, and if they judge you wanting, then they just crack your planet. And yeah, and
0: go. I have never seen a comic where the Celestials show up, go thumbs up, hey, you guys are all right, and they leave. They always show up, <laughs> thumbs down. Um, actually, a couple of years ago, this is a small digression, in the Avengers book, they actually went into how uh, the Celestials are actually... They're space gods, but they're also, like, deal with some sort of like internal programming, and there's a corruption in their system, and so they actually cannot judge anything positively. So whatever their original intent was, it failed. And mm-hmm. they actually have an internal bug, where even if, they, even if by their own parameters, something should be judged worthy, they can't. So maybe this is what causes that. But yeah, that's a little side note. So they show up and then they start linking all these like different timeline things together. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, also the Ghost Rider is one of the primal forces. Of course. Um, they like switch this to modern day where the current Ghost Rider uh, I forget his name. I shouldn't be able to look this
1: stuff up. I should remember.
0: But, the current Ghost Rider is pretty awesome. A Hispanic guy in an awesome car. Mm-hmm. Um, He's actually really frickin' cool.
1: But... Yeah, they they used that iteration of Ghost Rider for the uh, TV series... uh, Yeah, for Agents Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield.
0: Yeah, he's really awesome. Um, I like the previous iteration of Ghost Rider, too, but I thought that was a great take on the character. Uh, He wakes up in South Africa somehow. He's like, why am I in South Africa? And um, Starbrand attacks him. Now, here's where it kind of goes a little off the rails for me. If Starbrand attacked Ghost Rider... Starbrand, by his power level, should be able to sit in orbit and go poof and evaporate him while he's in human form before he mm-hmm. knows it's even happening. Right. But I guess Starbrand is, like, going insane right now because he keeps talking crazy stuff. Like, I can't let you near it. It's too far. Rawr. Uh, so, of course, you know, that means that whatever happens, he's going to get near it. Mm-hmm. Right. You just know this is going to happen. Um. So they end up in a fight. Starbrand ends up getting knocked out. Uh, at the same time, Loki is sending ice giants to recover an item from a shield warehouse. Now that shield's being decommissioned, and he's like, "Hey, we need this, and then we will go and the ice. Uh, my father, the king of the ice trolls, will respect us." They're like, "Yeah, the ice trolls go, woo!" He's like, "Yes," yeah. so, and then Elise is like, "What about you, idiots?" So while we'll they're trying to do that, the uh, Sam Wilson Captain America, uh, Fem Thor. And Iron Man. I, th- I
1: thought Sam Wilson didn't want to be Captain
0: America. Timeline hasn't gotten there yet in this book. Oh, okay, gotcha. Got he does well. He actually in this book he doesn't, and he doesn't have the shield anymore. He's like, I'm wearing this. This is what I had with me. I don't have my Falcon suit with me. This last time I'm wearing this. Right. Okay. Uh, Twitch for Theta says he actually got this one. You got Marvel Legacy number one, Twitch for Theta. No, no, no. He's
1: talking about the reference for. Oh, the uh,
0: reference. The Rick and Morty reference.
1: Yeah, Rick and Morty
0: reference. All right. Anyway, um, so while that's going on. So, of course, of course, the Avengers, or those three, end up in the same warehouse, helping S.H.I.E.L.D. At the same time, the Ice Trolls show up, trying to get the special box. When the Ice Trolls eventually... So, of course, they get their butts kicked. So, one of the Trolls found, manages to get away with the box. And he's going to uh, give it to Loki. But, as he's on his way out the door, he gets hit by a semi-truck. And you find... And the guy... You find out piloting the semi-truck is Wolverine, who has been dead. But now is, well, he was never really dead. He was just covered in boiling hot adamantium, which froze, you know, solid. Because it returned room temperature. Anyway, but he apparently got out of that. He's fine. As well, apparently got out. Uh, how? We don't know. Oh, uh, he just we... kind of tore it. They actually show someone going to his where he was imprisoned, and he just basically cracked it open. It's a very, like, thin layer, I guess. Whatever. Okay. Whatever. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Cortana. (laughs) But he ends up hitting the troll. I don't know how he knew to go to this place. And he uh, gets the box and finds out what was in the box was an Infinity Gem. Which one? A blue one. Looks white-blue.
1: White-blue. That one is...
0: It's the white-blue one. Thank you. So, Anyway, anyway... um, after that um, Sam Wilson and Femthor and Ironheart all go to a restaurant together and Ironheart is annoyed at sitting at a table alone while Femthor and Sam Wilson are making out. I don't Seriously? know what. Yeah. Well they've they've had a relationship for a while in the comics. But that's just he's really rude. You take this teenager out to lunch with you they're like hey hey you sit here with the drinks we're going to be making out back here that's just yeah, weird it's
1: kind yeah. of bad form yeah, get but, room. you know what you know what uh if if you had the opportunity to to make out with uh with a woman with a supernaturally enhanced body uh I'd probably do. i do anyway baby um <laughs> <laughs> no the She's uh... not there man <laughs> you don't have to score points it doesn't count <laughs>
0: but uh, they also, like, occasionally, like, say so they jump around in time a lot while the storylines go on, between the one million BC Avengers confronting the Celestial, uh, the, the, uh, but, after, um, and then S- Ghost Rider ends up uh, Pennant staring Starbrand, which takes him out. Uh, then, of course, Ghost Rider ends up finding the thing he's supposed to be kept away from, where some, uh, archaeologists like when was going crazy like no we must keep digging and they find it looks like they found the celestial that the uh, 1 million BC Avengers defeated and it starts waking up so that's not oh. going to be good nope um, that's basically the book there are bits and pieces where they're showing like there's like a two-page scene with Captain America. People are like, where is Steve Rogers? We, we were told it was a duplicate you who was evil Hydra Cap and took over the country. But where is the real Steve Rogers? Where is he? Is he avoiding questioning? And he's just like in a bar in a podunk place, like a little restaurant, hanging out. You know, can you please quiet that down, ma'am? You know. So he's wandering the earth or America or like he does on occasion. Like, every 15 years, he has to, like, give up the shield and then wonder America to find the true, you know, like, an Arlo Guthrie find song. Center
1: again. Yeah. yeah.
0: He has to be an Arlo Guthrie song every 15 years. And uh, so that's basically the book. The art was pretty good. It switches. All the different storylines have a different artist. That's why there's okay. so many different artists. I see that. And it actually ends up working really well to make every story feel unique. Um, The only artist who I wonder how he got the gig was the guy who did the two-page Captain America story. Don't know which artist did it. But maybe they were trying to go for a 1960s comic book look. Mm. I guess, but it just was not... It just looked poorly drawn. Um, But the biggest thing I haven't mentioned yet, the most interesting thing that happens in the entire book is there's a small scene where Ben Grimm and Johnny Storm uh, get back together like, so we're getting the team back. Basically, they talk about like, you know, we have to do this, you know, or there's questionable, but they determine they're getting the team back together. And it's actually a very nice dialogue. And, you know, it ends with a thing using the old-fashioned Fantastic Four flare gun shooting the flare in the air which lights off the big fire four. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then shortly after that, there's a scene with Franklin Richards and Valeria reading Sue's kids um, mapping new uh, universes for their dad, because that's what they're doing now. And Valeria very much wants to return home and knows they need to. And so it's kind of like foreshadowing the Fantastic Four getting back together and being a thing, and which is exciting. So, because Fantastic Four has been neglected for a very long time because... The movies. Yeah, the movies. And the fact that the movies just suck so incredibly hard um the fantastic four movies suck so hard they have their own event horizons okay that's how bad they are <laughs> light does not escape those films especially the last one.
1: Oh my god which
0: was slated for a trilogy they aren't even and starting one to...
1: got pulled on that real quick. <laughs> real quick
0: uh you know when before the movie releases the director's like this is crap and it's not my fault you know you got yeah, problems. It's
1: bad,
0: right. Uh, usually no matter what the director will defend a movie, and if it's bad, nope. This guy's like, this movie's bad. I know it. I they made me do this. They changed my good stuff.
1: I was under contract. I couldn't say no. Yeah, I was like, wow. I, I had to do one more movie for him. Wow.
0: Wow. So, but that's exciting that they're actually doing something with the Fantastic Four again. That's good. So. All in all, I liked the book, but I didn't love it. There's some really neat things in it. But it's not a consistent story so much, but it kind of is. It's a meta story in a way. The story about the stories that are all happening in there. And the whole idea, of course, is that this is a setup for, like, their big mega event coming up. Of where everything's going to go back to original numbering. They're resetting the heroes, blah, blah, blah. And this is the setup. Okay, okay, fine. So, it works for what it is. I liked it more than I thought I would. I liked seeing the fantastic part together. I liked the different artists. So, I like a lot about the book, but there's something just stopping me from saying that it's, you know, like, super-duper awesome. So, because of that, three and a half stars, almost four. It's good. It's really good. It's just, there's something about it It it, it throws out a lot of plot threads. Like, hey, hey, or hooks. Hey, hey, but you don't really see those realized when you're not supposed to. Mm. I can't quite give it a four because it just wasn't quite there for me, but I did enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is a great jumping-on book for what's happening with the Marvel Universe right
1: right now. Right, yeah, because all those little threads you are going to be introduced to. Yep. And if you stick stick with it, hopefully they'll be rectified.
0: Right, and a lot of things I'm seeing on different forums and stuff in the comic book world is a lot of people are like, people saying stuff like the 1 million BC Avengers sound like the dumbest thing in the universe. Until I read this book, they actually look really cool. And oh, they do. They
1: look cool, but it still sounds like the dumbest it thing in the universe.
0: It does sound dumb. But you know what? Reading this book, I actually thought, wow, these guys actually seem pretty cool. You mm-hmm. know? Because uh, there's neat little things in there like uh, Mjolnir. The, uh, when you first see it, like some cavemen are trying to pick it up. And then you see like, uh, then Odin comes over like, shoo, 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 shoo. And, get, and, picks, it, and he picks it up. It's like Rrr! he doesn't just yank it. He like, has to like pull out a bit, then it comes up. And then the Phoenix Force is like, "Took you a while to find it that time." He's like, "Yeah, the damn hammer. I don't think it likes me, but I'm gonna whip it into shape." So it's, it's a neat things like he made it, but the hammer's like semi-sentient. It doesn't really like him. Like it knows he's not supposed to be its owner. His owner mm-hmm. hasn't been born yet. So it just, there's neat little pieces in there. Okay. So also, you can tell by looking at this cover. This is obviously going to be part of, like, a multi-cover image.
1: Right, where you put them all together.
0: Yeah, and then you're like, the oh, look at this. Picture. This is so awesome. Okay, now put it yeah. back in the box in their, in their protective bags. Mm-hmm. You know. So, uh, yeah, I stand by my three and a half out of five. Good. on great.
1: Okay.
0: All right. What's next? Next book. Infamous Iron Man number 12. I had a real problem
1: with this one. Did you read it? Yes. Why?
0: This book was awesome. No. Nope. Awesome in so many ways.
1: And, it, and it's it's screwed up in one giant way. Well, before we get to why you're wrong, all right, let's. Uh, this
0: was written by Brian Michael Bendis. Artist was by Alex Maleev. Uh, colors by Matt Hollingsworth. Cover by Alex Maleev. Um, they're actually in the book actually looks better than that cover. Uh, issue true. twelve is also the last issue of this series, which to me is a crying shame it is one of my top three favorite comic series right now. Um, it's going to be in the past and it, this book actually ends with you know, follow the adventure the of the Iron Man starting in Iron Man issue like 5089 or whatever it is. It's a
1: 590
0: something. 512 I or 590 something whatever yeah, yeah. it is. It would be better if it was 512 because you know that's it's a binary number.
1: Hmm.
0: But it's not. Uh, wait, I'm going to look. I'm looking. 593. But this book uh, picks up where the last one left off where Doctor Strange is teaming up to help Victor Von Doom uh, fight back against what they have determined to be the current cause of all a lot of the bad stuff happening in Doctor Doom. Why everyone's going against him? How his mother showed back up? The evil Reed Richards. Turns out it's actually not evil Reed Richards who is going after him. It turns out the whole time it was actually Mephisto. Why was Mephisto, aka the devil, doing all of this? Well, because Mephisto has a contract on Doctor Doom's soul. And if Doctor Doom starts being good, he loses that contract. And he's like, no, no. And I really enjoyed how they set this up in that it's this big action-y sequence where Doctor Doom and Doctor Strange team up, like, oh, we're going to get this guy. There. And they go, "Raw!" They're attacking with all the bands of Sidorak and all the spells they got and all the technology, and they're firing. And then, it like, pauses. And Mephisto starts is talking a lot. Oh, you
1: like that? That's what I hated about it. Oh, it was it.
0: beautiful. No,
1: it was a safe by the Bell fourth wall breaking nonsense.
0: Wow, you're an idiot. no.
1: Oh, you're It was, idiot. How could you like that nonsense crap?
0: Because it wasn't like, pause, and Ferris Bueller. You know, kids, this is so wacky. None of that happened. That's
1: exactly what. That, he, that is exactly entirely what it did not like do. do what it
0: avoided doing.
1: Oh my! Read some of the lines. He, I he, he, actually, I believe, I read all like the lines. He's
0: Fourteen. Yeah, you're not allowed to talk about comics anymore.
1: So. Oh God, he swears and and his his uh the the uh, tone of his voice is that of a teenager, like like he's all sad and brooding. He's having a freaking tantrum. Mephisto's not a kid. He's he's playing the devil. He has standards, and these are way below his standards.
0: All right. Um, I want you to find whatever book you read, because it's not the one I read. Uh, you apparently must have found some edited version. No, I didn't. So, basically, like Mephisto kind of steps out for what's happening, and a dre- almost well, he does ends up. At, at the end, of directly addressing uh, the reader, uh, stating what was happening and why. And he actually lays out his case very well. Uh, I found it really entertaining, uh, that little sidestep out there. Brian Michael Bendis did a great job with that little writing bit. And it actually goes on for quite a while of that all going on.
1: Yeah, quite a while.
0: And it's a nice little monologue about why he set up all these things. And it begins... and. It begins because as soon as the fight starts, you know they have the comment of that that kind of combat that they're getting into isn't a protracted engagement. It's surgical. It happens very fast. And so in the instant, this is basically like Befisto's stepping out and like his almost like pr- kind of explaining what's going on, ex post facto. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: But I really enjoyed it. Obviously, he and the dog did not, and the the whole Jesus
1: icon icon iconography in uh, in one of the panels was upsetting too. Wow. It was unnecessary.
0: Wow, that's a very different impression than I got.
1: Really, you like that? I
0: just didn't. I wouldn't I didn't get a religious iconography out of that at really? all.
1: Go 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 to the page. I it's, am looking it's, at the page. It's, it's Doctor Doom, all like this, uh, in in, in, uh, yeah, in front of him. Yeah, because anytime someone's arms are wide. Well, come on, look at it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So what? He's all—he's all—he's all Jesusy up there.
0: I don't get that impression at all. Okay. But hey, you know, everyone has their own interpretation of art. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does a good job of also tying up all the loose threads that have happened in the series, except for one. Um, you know, you find out that Doom's mother has not returned. It was something Mephisto created to screw with him to try and. Yep make him snap, to make him evil, to make him go back down the path of evil. And because even, Meph- even Mephisto is annoyed by the whole, you can't be good just because you haven't tried it yet. That's, no, that's against the rules. You cannot do that. You know, even even Mephisto, the guy who brought back uh, Aunt May in exchange for the dissolution of Peter Parker's marriage... Even he, you know, it's like, no, you cannot, that's not, you can't do that. That's not, that's not kosher. But it was a fun read. Uh, it ends with uh, Ben Grimm, you know, being told, hey, leave Victor alone. And then when he decides not to, Doom ends up uh, teleporting him to, to Antwerp? Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a nice, uh, on the balcony of a nice apartment. You know, with a note from Doom saying, hey, I thought this might happen. You know, you need a vacation. This is my place. You could use it for the next couple of weeks, all you want. It's on me. There's actually whiskey already poured for him. He's like, hey, this ain't bad. So, um, Dr. Doom uh, agree, You know, tells Hydra that, hey, you leave me alone and uh, I'll go and take out this Hydra base for you. And he does. There's also a great scene with all these villains who he's caught in a Supermax prison getting their... You know, fifteen minutes of airtime. All agreeing that you know, that Doctor if we Doom. We ever get out of
1: here. We're gonna get back, Doom. He he broke the one. He rule. He broke the
0: one rule. <laughs> you don't turn back. You don't turn in your other villains. That's the one rule. You don't do it, and he did it. And, a lot. Every, <laughs> and everyone agree they're gonna get him.
1: How I don't know.
0: How but... because he's Doctor Doom.
1: Yeah. Uh, but the, the one thing I liked about this book is that even though even though he had a even though Doom had a. Had a, a, a mommy breakdown moment. He recovered very, very quickly. Yes. Yes. He did. And and you know his 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 uh, his rock hard facade came back really quick, and he just boom kept on kept on a trucking. And I like that.
0: Yes. Because he is Doom. Yes. He, you don't screw with Doom. Um. So I really like the issue. It was a nice, in a way, I think that they had the Mephisto super long monologue about everything going on was because I think it was probably one of those things that's like, Hey, the book isn't selling as well as we would hope. So we're ending it. And so Bendis basically went, okay, let me sum up everything that happened, close off the story, close off the loose ends. And then it's going to go to Iron Man. So I think that's kind of why they, that's in there. Cause he basically gives like the whole, everything going on and why, you know, all mysteries revealed. So I liked that it didn't just leave it; it actually closed it up. I thought it was entertaining. Heathen dog, did not.
1: Well, the like, like I said, Mephisto's language is juvenile, uh, and they they used they used a lot of swear words in this book, like three or four throughout uh-huh. the book. Ben Grimm even swore. Uh, Mephisto swore twice. Well, Ben Grimm's you know he's a potty mouth. Well, yeah, but. You know, the, in in a, in a comic book, that's just that's just lazy writing, you know. So, eh, I didn't appreciate that too much.
0: Well, even by swear words, where they put the little symbols instead well, of Oh yeah, word? they put the
1: symbols in because they actually can't actually do a swear word. But you know, Mephisto's been around a long time. He he's got he's got himself. Uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of years worth of thesaurus in his head. He can find some words to use that don't have to be censored, but he didn't because he's written like a juvenile for some reason in this comic, which I, I hate it. Well, I think that he's written that way because
0: that. you're supposed to get the impression that even Mephisto can't believe this kind of this crap that's happening to him. He's just, well, he just can't believe this crap.
1: Again, and that's he is his level a level of frustration. shouldn't have a breakdown like that.
0: I don't know. Mm. If you've read past stuff, he's had a number of breakdowns. I mean, well, his son really is a superhero, well of sort of, Damien Hellstrom. Sort of, kind of. Sort of, sometimes he is, depending on the writer. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it, I, I, but I enjoyed it. You did not, that's fine. But, uh, it's a nice, so much of the, to the series, makes me sad, it's ending. Uh, it did have one little cliffhanger at the end where the scientist, who Victor was always trying to like get to help him the whole time, um, is pregnant at the end of the series. I don't remember
1: them and, knocking boots.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't remember them ever yeah. getting that friendly at any point in the series. But apparently they did. Well, they maybe it's someone else's kid and
1: maybe, Doom just has a vested interest in it. Uh, they, they, I don't I don't think they would have cliffhanged it.
0: Yeah, it just it seemed a weird cliffhanger because they never were that cl- you never saw them be like intimate. close or intimate like, in that even way. even
1: close to being intimate, you know?
0: Right. There was yeah. like a couple panels where she thought he might be a decent human being, and then she's like, No, you're not. You're Doom. And that was it. Yep. It wasn't like, you know, they did something. They knocked boots, and then she was like, Oh, I knocked boots with Doom. How can I do such a thing? You know. Nothing like. I don't know. So, weird cliffhanger to me. It is. That we'll probably never see revisited. Probably not. And that's fine with me. But I like the book. I'm going uh, to. That's too many. Four stars. I get four stars. Really liked it. Was not super awesome, but I liked it. And as a final issue of a twelve-part, twelve-issue series, can't do much worse. Highly recommend that when they group all these together for a novel, trade paperback, buy it. Good book. Great arc. And that is it for the Empathir Man. Last book. Going all Marvel this week because. The only DC book I got this week was Just League of America, and uh, it was just too weird to talk about. Okay. You had what had to. It's kind of like a middle piece of a story. There's all this weird stuff behind it, and it's going to go weird places, so there's no point in talking about that book because it's, it's a middle point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But we're talking about Generations. The Americas, number one. Hopefully, the only one. But <laughs> what's funny is at the bottom of the book, on the bar. hmm. Like it says, uh, Generation Samuelson, Captain Rex Rogers. Rogers, uh, number zero. That only appears on the website. This bar that says number zero. Right. So it's not in the actual book. All right. Um, this one was written by Nick Spencer. Art by Paul Renaud, or Renaud. Uh, colors, Laura Martin, and cover by Paul Renaud. So that's what the art in the book pretty much looks like. It's pretty good art. I like it. Yeah. Characters are on model. The coloring is really good. The art in the book isn't that clear, usually, but not in a bad way. Uh, It's very good at setting a mood or setting a scene. The artist does a great job at setting scenes and making things flow nicely from one to another. Overall, I've read a a few of the Generations books. Um, The Spider-Man one, the Captain America one, the Wolverine one, a couple others. All of these books basically is the new, like, Captain Marvel, Captain America, Spider-Man, whoever, somehow goes back in time or some other thing to meet uh, their legacy hero at an earlier point in their career. Mm, huh? It, it basically, the, the guess is kind of like, this is like the parting gift of Kobik, the cosmic cube, as yeah. she leaves. Mm-hmm. Sure. That she, it seems kind of silly to me. Um, so in the Spider-Man book, you have Miles Morales, uh, ending up back in time, meeting Peter Parker, um, but it's, like, the day where, uh, Doc Octopus pulled his secret lab on top of him, and he almost died. it has that famous scene in the comics where Spider-Man, like, has to pull his last ounce of strength to, like, push an entire building up off of himself before he drowns. It was a great trip, but, so all the books are doing something like that uh like we talked about the one where x23 went back in time some other dimension dream dimension maybe and met wolverine who was married and had a kid who turned out to be her for some reason i guess kobe mm-hmm. rewrote all that right so basically like the, the the new heroes are getting an idea of the trials and tribulations that the legacy hero had to deal with before beating them and just seeing like oh my god Catchwork is so perfect and awesome but who knows this is how he was
1: uh, he was always pretty perfect and awesome well yeah Well, no, though, if, if you hit any random moment in his life he's going to look perfect and awesome <laughs> well
0: in, I chose this book because well I thought it told a neat story compared to the Spider-Man book that came out this week okay um, but also because all the generation books have the same theme so I want to talk about that but in this book, uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, which is weird they do this because he's no longer Captain America. He gave up the shield, so why bother with this? That aside. He ends up going back into World War II.
1: Of course, because those are the, the nicest moments for Captain America.
0: Yeah, it's the nicest moments to be a, to be a black man in America as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good point. And they, do, they touch on that a little. I like how they didn't like oh, racism isn't bad. Oh, they didn't yeah. do that. But they based, there was a couple moments where it's like, look, this was messed up in the past. Things have gotten better, but this was messed up. And I did appreciate that. that yeah, that, they, they
1: didn't go too much either way.
0: Right, but it definitely... You know,
1: they, they didn't it, just completely glaze over it like it, it's not a thing, and they didn't make like half the book about it.
0: Right. It was definitely worth mentioning. And they did. But they didn't harp on it because that would just drag the book down. It's like, we get it. So... Uh, so basically, ends up World War II beg- near the beginning of the war. Um, he uh, like you know gets taken in by get by another African American gentleman. He's like I don't know why I'm here. This is weird. I shouldn't be here. Some tired travel thing or something. He ends up like like having to hide his uh, Captain America suit,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he ends up getting a job because trying to figure out what to do or where to go because he has nothing right now. No contacts. Nothing. This is way out of his... World War II is way out of his wheelhouse. Right. So he gets Jason Jobs as a dishwasher, ends up enlisting in the army, uh, fighting overseas. And while overseas, he actually meets Captain America after like one of his first engagements. right? One of his like very beginning combat engagements. Right. And he gives a big speech. Oh, we'll beat the, the Nazis. And like' like, yeah! And then... After, then Sam catches him, like, after the combat, like, throwing up. Just the nerves of, like, actually going out and killing people on the field and all this. It was a little more than he's really used to. It. At first, I'm like, that's such crap. He's Captain America. He could punch a Nazi all dead in the hay with the machine gun. He will use the machine gun to punch it through the Nazi. And... But they do make the point... This is very early. I think this is still at the point where he hasn't really been fully trained. He's pretty much just been juiced up. He's gone through some, super, some military training... And they're basically like O.T. you know O.J.T. out in the field, go kill Jerry, and you know toughen up on the way, kid. And so he's still like he hides it from everyone as best he can, you know. But Sam Wilson, knowing but Sam knowing Steve so well, he was like, hey, you know, I don't, you'll get over it. Well, he's like, somehow I feel like I'll never get over this. Like, no, you will. It'll be great. It's like you seem like you know me. Like, no, 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 I'm just saying, you know.
1: It happens, to everybody. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, don't worry about it. But they end up like kitting it off, you know, help each other out. And during like during like the attack before this, like uh, Captain America and the army is like assaulting this position. It's like, ah, oh, great, the air forces are here, or the and or the Air Corps. And it, there's a great panel of like the Red Tail planes, the Tuskegee Airmen coming sure. into attack, and flying among them is uh, Sam Wilson in his Falcon. It's it's now like a military color scheme, but the, of the Falcon costume. It's like, oh, I kind of like that That was neat, put it with the Tuskegee And they didn't say, look, it's the Tuskegee Airmen They're all African Americans They didn't say that, they just showed the plane So if you knew, it's a neat little scene If you don't know, it's just It's a cool scene of the Falcon with some cool airplanes So that I thought was a nice touch I don't know if the writer or the artist set that up But that was a real nice touch They do go name by name A couple of the pilots, so obviously it's written in But nice setup For the scene um, but after that, you know, Cap's like, "Hey, don't I, weren't are you, the guy flying?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." It's like, "Well, why don't why don't you go out there and we could you, you could make a big difference, and get you on the news reels." So he's like, uh, "I don't think America's ready for that." Yes, they want a superhero who looks more like you and not me, if you know what I mean. And it's, you know, Cap's like, "Yeah, sadly, I think you're right right now." So I, that does get another little moment. Didn't harp on it, just a little little thing. That's fine. But it goes through World War II, and then he actually. You kind of expect, oh, we're buds now, woo! Future Captain America fist bump, and he teleports home. But it actually has the world. The war ends. Sam's still there. He ends up. Uh, he becomes a preacher. Gets a new life. Gets married. Has kids. And it's mostly narration uh, he gets at this a whole point. Vacation. Yeah, well, he is. He lives a whole life. I mean, but during all that time, through all these points, Steve Rogers. Captain America, you know, keeps visiting him. You know, because he actually, well, at the end of the war, like he said, I go on to live my life with, you know, Steve, you know, got frozen. You know, he goes a capsicle. And there's a really, and while he's Steve's a capsicle, you know, that's when he becomes a preacher, gets married, has kids, you know, becomes an old man, you know, lives a very full life. Uh, You know, helping in the community, marching in the protest, things like that. And then when Cap comes back, it was a big parade, and he's, and he's like, "I just want to see him, you know, see, see my old friend one more time." And, you know, it's a nice scene. He sees him, starts walking away, and he's like, "Whoa, well, wait, wait, wait! You're Sam, right?" And he's like, "Yeah." So he just like, you know, pulls him out of the crowd, you know. And and then they talk about how, for years after that, whenever Steve has a big crisis, like when the initial, the original Secret Empire was in like the '70s, early '70s, late '60s, where basically like fascist forces take over the US government and the president's a fascist of committing suicide right in front of Steve Rogers. Um, but like after that happens, it has him, you know, it says right after that moment he got back with Sam and, you know, they pray together, they talk together. Like all, after all these critical events, I was going back to getting advice, right? You know, until like, you know, one day Steve says to me, you know, you never told me that we were going to meet and that you were the Falcon. It's like, uh, it's, it, after Steve becomes, you know, old man Steve, it's like, you never told me right. this was going to happen. He's like, would you believe me? I don't know what it would do. It's like, yeah, I suppose you're right. But eventually, you know... Old Sam dies. Yeah, Old Sam dies. And then he gets to go back to where he was. It's like, poof! like It was like an instant moment. He's like, back. He's like, oh, I'm back. And then it like goes on. It's like, eh, hey, and then the world is new again. Or, you know, with the other people. Right. But that's all ancillary to the main thrust of, like, living an American experience throughout that time period. Um, and drawing a lot of parallels between the characters that weren't there a lot of like close connections I thought it was a very neat story I don't know how necessary it was since Sam Wilson isn't Captain America anymore Mm -hmm. but I did really enjoy the book Um, I have issues with what Nick Spencer did with the whole Secret Empire I think it was crap yes Um, I'm sure he got paid a lot for it Uh, but this book shows that that Nick Spencer can write a good comic book uh, Paul Renard does a great job, uh, both with the war action scenes and even with like the calm stillness of like just a couple scenes in a church or something where uh, they're praying together or something. And he does a great job with all these different scenes. So All in All is a really enjoyable book if you're a big Captain America fan. If you're not a huge Captain America fan, it's going to be a lot of yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I get hmm. it, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I get that. Yeah.
0: Um, but it's a good comic book. I'm not sure what they're trying to set up with it. Just that I just think they had a, a checkbox to fill with, okay, all these characters get generation books. Uh, Hulk, Captain America, and Nick Spencer like, oh, Captain America, I'll write that. Because I write all the Captain America stuff. Someday I'll even write a good one.
1: <laughs> and I guess
0: this was the good one he decided to write. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. <laughs> Where, where, where was this muse uh, earlier?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, he was then like, oh, well, now that I'm done ruining Captain America, I'll write a good Captain America story about Sam Wilson. Uh, <laughs> and now that he's not Captain America anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, thanks, Nick. Thanks. But uh, I'm kind of torn, but I'm going to give it four stars. I thought What's... it was a very solid book.
1: Sounds like you were you were hitting more three and a half.
0: No, I'm going to say four. I really Five. did like it. But I could see why, if you're not a Catch America fan, you'd say, yeah whatever. But mm-hmm. I thought, overall, it was a very well-done, cohesive story. It could have, like, gotten really boring really fast, but it held my interest the whole time really tightly. Um, I would actually like to see more, you know, World War II, Cap and Sam Wilson together. That looks really cool, actually. So... Yeah, four stars. Really enjoyed it. And that is Garthon's comic poll this week. Yay! Yay. Uh, if you want more Garthon, you can check out uh, my t host with Healing Dog and the Star Trek Online Foundry. Uh, drop a new 30-minute episode every single weekday. Uh, I think our next one coming up is... Zombies. <laughs> uh, Monday. One of our... When we try and find a bad mission, and we found one that wasn't bad! That eh, don't spoil it! Okay, it's awful! It's a one-star mission, people. One-star mission called Red Shirt Zombie. You could just imagine where that goes from there. (laughs) Uh, Also, I stream uh, the Banner Saga uh, Sunday at 9 p.m. Central, 10 Eastern. Check out Past streams on Twitch, on YouTube. And that is that about that. Outstanding. Outstanding. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about the RNG. Not too (laughs) random this time because we planned it out. Exactly. It's random in that. We can talk about whatever we want in the segment. What do we want to talk about? We're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery. Of
1: course we are, because everyone's doing that. Well, yeah. We do that,
0: too. All the cool nerds are. Yep. All right. You want to set it up or want me to set it up? I'll set it up. You
1: you go ahead. You go
0: ahead. Uh, Star Trek Discovery uh, is currently on CBS All Access. Uh, The first episode of the two-parter intro uh, to Discovery Uh, was on TV after a football game, which was delayed and made all the nerds mad. Yes. It's an extremely expensive TV show. It's highly anticipated. It's already controversial in so many ways. Most of the controversy about it is, you know, whatever. It's it's trumped-up controversy, much like when Next Generation was coming out, everyone complaining about it. Right, right. A lot of people are being very critical of the series because people, especially nerds, love being critical about stuff they love. It focuses mainly on Sheikah Martin-Green, in the middle there, and her character, Michael Buble. Uh, I might have their last name wrong. Yes. Uh, who is a human raised by Vulcans, raised by Spock's dad.
1: Which is unnecessary.
0: Yeah, it was unnecessary
1: to, to make it Sarek. It
0: really yeah, was. It could, but could, you it's know it's what?
1: a friggin' Vulcan. You know what? Don't burn them. That's right. Burn them. That's right. Thank you. You, you, you know what else I'm, I'm critical about with this picture? What? It seems that uh, for this uniform to look right, you have to have breasts. <laughs> you also have to,
0: you know, be under 150 pounds.
1: Well, no, the, the guy is under 150 pounds. Look,
0: no, right. he is. No, He's... I know. I know what you're saying by the yeah, cut, but, by that cut out but, there. It makes it look yeah, weird.
1: The, the, the actual cut the the way the way the uniform is is actually cut and, no, I get and you. colored it looks like you need breasts to make it look yeah right. there's
0: supposed to be boobs there yeah that's what yeah, it looks like
1: but it's made for boobs
0: what about with that admiral that's in there not in this image
1: not in this picture but yeah, in the but series there's an
0: admiral he wasn't and too much. he yeah but he looks quick. terrible in that uniform yeah, because he, he doesn't have boobs he, well Andy's over two hundred pounds he looks like <laughs> somewhat he he looks like a ziploc bag full of dough full of cookie dough that's what he looks like <laughs> if you do not have you know a tight body that uniform is not doing you anything not forgiving
1: uniform is not forgiving
0: Baldhar is triggered i'm sorry it you're triggered Baldhar. actually i'm not i like triggering you <laughs> because it gets you excited trigger your love gun baby um but it's the new series as uh, controversial as that all right before we start talking about any particulars On the universal scale of, it's not love or hate. It's like or didn't like. Okay. Okay. Even if it's just kind of, eh, kind of like, eh, didn't like it. Like, didn't like. That's the line. Where are you at? Okay.
1: Uh, Until tomorrow, episode three, I'm on like.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm at, too.
1: I'm at like. But episode three, for me, which I'll get into later, is really going to make or break this series for me.
0: (laughs) Oh, Baldahar says he is a well-fed man.
1: <laughs> well then, don't do not don't, do not don't wear this, this uniform. uniform. Don't, don't wear do this it. uniform.
0: Trust me, I'm a well-fed man too, and uh, I will not be wearing this uniform because it would not look good on me. However, the uh, the monster maroons, I could rock a monster maroon.
1: Mm. I could do that. Hey, Scotty, Scotty did it for all those years. You you, you can do the original TOS. I can rock no a problem. TOS,
0: yeah. yeah. But you know, just the monster maroon has a built-in uh, Kurt girdle, so those yeah. are good for you. I sure Kirk girl is the thing. Duncan Reynolds, he's on, he's on like. I things he's bugged me, but a rewatch to make more sense. I'll agree, but uh, uh, episode three has me worried. Yes. But let's move but, 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 on. Let's look at the ship. Well, I want to say so far, uh, I had this image because I want to talk about the cast. Not all. I'm not going to run down everyone. No. Overall, uh, we haven't seen like the main Discovery cast yet because they're on the Shinzon still.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, until the end of episode two, um, yeah. but. So far, I've loved all the casting decisions. I thought everyone's just been really solid.
1: Yes, the acting has been excellent. It yes, has. Yes, it yep. has. The, the, the writing, the writing is good, but the acting is, is, is far. The, so, it's only been two episodes, but so far, uh, except for the admiral, stellar.
0: I was okay there, but yeah, I thought the. Ac- I was okay I, with it, but I would. I not would say, say except for the Klingons,
1: but. Uh... uh, the Klingons have their own problems. I don't. I don't think it's the actors' fault.
0: That's true, sure, it probably isn't. He probably had a yeah. lot of notes. But we'll talk about that in a couple slides. All right. The Shinzon is the ship they're on for, uh, until bad the end of episode two. Until the end of episode two. And then uh, in episode three, they move to the discovery.
1: Duncan Idaho said said blasphemy. D- Duncan Idaho said bad things to me.
0: <laughs> Duncan Idaho said he'd love the Klingons. But I love we'll, actual Klingons. We will talk about that in the next slide but for this one Shinzon Shenzo. alright Um, I like the ship design better than the Discovery ship design Very I like that to say so, it's an yeah. older ship think about some of the technology on there Shinzo
1: shut up Duncan Shinzo you, you and your you and your grammar Nazi pronunciation <laughs> Hitler
0: <laughs> I I you, they say Shenzo in this show eh whatever, whatever. Shenzo. maybe it's the difference of Mandarin and Cantonese I don't
1: know I don't know
0: is that wrong that just be, that they have a Chinese pilot on a Chinese named ship?
1: Yes, that 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 is that is too on the nose racist.
0: I would say it's racist, just kind of weird. You know, you don't you don't see like uh, the pilot of the Fleming isn't Danish. Mm. Is Fleming Danish? Or a anyway. Anyway, but I like that ship design. From what I've seen, I don't like that, but we'll see it when we get to it. The sets were incredible. Yes. Shinzo was Picard's clone. Now, did I say Shinzo, not Shinzo?
1: Yeah, I did. I did. He's oh, talking okay. to me. That, that's why I'm the one who yelled at him. All right. Because I'm, I'm the one who did it wrong. All right.
0: Um, but I like the ship so far. I like the space battles. Like, that's why I'm talking special effects that have been incredible in the series so far. And, you know, anytime you can put a picture of a spaceship, I'll do it. Because I like spaceships. Yeah, it's fine.
1: All yeah, right. What uh, these people have issues with? Are the Klingons? Oh my god, it, it, they're they're not even really Klingons. They're uh, they're they're the Quade's uh, Quade's uh, alien friend from Enemy Mine, and I'm not the only one to to, to make that uh, reference. By no, the way. you are I was, not. I was looking for pictures, and I said, "Oh my god, everyone's saying that." I guess I'm right. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone say they look a lot. Look at the look at this Yahoo. Come on, I mean every single iteration. Of Klingons throughout the years have had only two things in common, well, I'm no, sorry, three things in common. One, they've all had hair. Yep. Two, they've all had freaky long eyebrow, uh, eyebrows. And facial,
0: they usually have facial hair.
1: Yes, and three, they've all been dark skinned.
0: Yeah, even Good. if they just like have like boot have you know brown yeah. paint on, you know, they're darker yes. skin. Yes. So,
1: so the all oh, the only thing they kept was the was the brown skin and. Not even for for at the end of episode two, you have the the main Klingon character is a freaking albino. So you lost that box, erase that check mark. You you. Uh, well, they you say he's an albino. You lost I, the eyebrows. You know, Those I wonder if back this. Right there.
0: You remember at Deep space nine where they had the like, Koth and Korok... Korla? Ah, you get, anyway, they had the old three old Klingons team up with Jadzia Dax to to find the albino. I wonder if that ends up being him.
1: Maybe that'd be kind of cool. But uh, Duncan, these are real Klingons. In this in this series, they're supposed to be the Klingons. They are.
0: And they're representing Sorry. all the houses.
1: Yes, they represent all the houses. That they're they're not they're not uh, they're not offshoot cousins or whatever. They're the real deal. And they really screwed the pooch on them. They really did. They and they they have them speak so slowly. That's well, my big complaints that really upsets me. Well, my big complaints. With the, I have my complaints before you get into
0: that because that's one of my complaints. about the Klingons are, I'm I could get over the makeup. I don't
1: like how all of a sudden the Clickens are religious. Yeah, super religious. Like in, in, in the old in the in the uh, not the really old but in T N G and in and in, in uh, um uh Cisco's one. What is it? D Space nine. D Space nine. They they had a religion, but their whole thing was, you know, their gods are dead. Yeah, they and said now, they killed their
0: gods. They were too much yeah, trouble. Yeah, it's,
1: it's 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 all a whole Nietzschean thing about at, at that point. Right, you know, and which, a lot of stuff they was do great. is kind of
0: like the Confucian ceremony. They just do it for ceremony or for their warrior spirits, for internal harmony. Yes. But these yes. guys are all talking about like... Well, it's religious, but it is around uh, ancient Klingon warrior dude Kalas. Kalas,
1: yeah. They're, they're still talking about Kalas. Right. You know? so, so they're still around they're, the same still. So I guess
0: maybe that's why it's so religious, but it's still around Kalas and the light of Kalas. Do the house for this? Whatever. Didn't they already you know clone Kalas? It, it, well, it did not, not blow point.
1: my skirt. But yeah, yeah they, they I, it was just, the religious
0: trappings so were too much for me. Um, but also, I was not a fan of them speaking Klingon the whole time. Yes. Uh, yes. Start, and mainly because everything on the screen for the Klingon scenes was so intricate and also so darkly lit. It was really hard to see, especially on my tablet. It was like, in, I couldn't see some scenes. They're just too dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I couldn't look at it because I was busy reading the whole time.
1: It's true, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, it, 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 what what they normally do was the, the first half of the first yeah. scene, the, the yeah, first couple sentences, pilot, and, and they switch, switch to English, right? Right. They didn't do that with this one. They just went full on. Nope. This this is now a this is now a, right. a reading. Episode. I'm sure
0: there's there are some. I'll say nerds, because I'm one as well. Some nerds out there who just thought that was the best thing ever. Like, thank God they're speaking Klingon the whole time. I was so tired of them speaking English. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it makes sense if you're trying to understand someone. Right. Because um, I just didn't like having to read... I, I'll i watch subtitled anime. I, that's what I do. But usually I could read that quick enough and see the... C- and the scene's usually brightly lit and easy to understand. These are darkly lit, highly complex scenes. They were not easy to grasp quickly. Right. Um, especially when they were talking to the Klingon ca- uh, houses all coming up. And I was like trying to follow who's saying what. And I can't because exactly I'm staring at the hard, words, not yeah. the actors. Exactly. Who are hard to see because they're all weird and shadowy because they're made of light. Um, and also the Klingon, like you were going to say, the Klingon speech, it sounds like you're saying three syllables very slowly over and over again. Exactly. yuk chuk yes. nuka, huk chuk nuka, chuk Yeah, they're, they're, they're beginners in their chuk. own language, it, like. it just, yeah, it was really hard yeah. And compared to like how the DS9 Klingons would speak, especially where they had that passion behind their words, or there was no I didn't phrasing get, I didn't to get that. I didn't get it at all. I didn't get that. It was these hard guys. to no, get any phrase. No, there's no
1: passion. There's no heart. They're, they were just they were just very mechanical. Yeah,
0: that's what, that's what it seemed I like got. to me.
1: Yeah. So yeah, big big problem with the Klingons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But we'll see where that goes. That's just nitpicky, maybe. Uh, there's our albino friend. Yeah, hi, albino friend. I never knew that Klingons hated albinos.
1: Yeah, that was that was a new that was a new thing for me. I didn't. I, I I thought that hey, if if you can kill folk really well, I don't I don't care if you're purple.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the impression I got from. But now yeah. I guess
1: we were wrong. What do we right. know? I guess the Klingons are racist too. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Uh, you chose this picture. Yes, the, this this is the this is the picture of Michael after she has been uh, sentenced to life in prison for mutiny. Now, this is where episode three is going to make or break this series. You don't get to come back from life in prison to mutiny, and mutiny and in one, one episode go to, Oh, you're, you're, you're a crew on a starship again. Well, I'm sure that, that there's like a happens. period
0: of time where she's a prisoner or something. Well,
1: that, so that's, this is the thing they have to properly explain that that's going to be tough right. because mutiny still in the U S Navy can get you shot. Right. Like, on site. And well, and
0: even like if new, if the captain of the discovery is like section, the equivalent of section 31, all right, he could pull that off.
1: But, but it's like hard said, to it's hard to, to imagine it. a
0: scenario where they could say this person just got accused of mutiny.
1: No, That's no, no. who I convicted.
0: need. Oh, sorry, convicted. That's the person yes. I need. The person who's willing no. to shoot their own Captain with a stun in the back. That's who I need.
1: Yeah, see. And she's uh, the
0: only person who could solve this this mission. Yeah, Starfleet goes,
1: "All right, someone well, else dill Literally anyone else because you're a captain. Sure, you're captain of a ship, you're very powerful. Every single admiral in the uh, uh, above you is going to say no, right? Because she's convicted of freaking mutiny, she's going to jail, she's going to jail forever. So, episode three has to really, really dig deep, right? And that was to really explain a explain this thing away. Uh, that if was they really can't, screw this series. Yeah, that was like they a bridge
0: too far for me as well. I mean, if in the trial. They had found her... Oh, it was a
1: kangaroo court. It was stupid. It was. Uh, Max Liao actually likened it to, to the to the Q trial in uh, Counter at Farpoint. Yeah. It was
0: a kangaroo court, but it was one of the things that if they had, like, done something where she was convicted, but due to the circumstances, there was, like, a delay, like, where you are... Not, not... The term wasn't delayed. Um... But basically like they're are they are delaying her they, she's sentenced, but delaying her confinement until after the war or something. Cause which they could do.
1: Well in, in this thing she does look like a prisoner and the No, yeah, well, she's still clearly going a
0: prisoner. On. She goes to prison. Yeah.
1: She's fighting yeah, yeah, other the prisoners. Still going on. Right.
0: You know, in this in the preview. So uh Duncan Idaho says Captain Lorca, the discovery captain, has been described right. as a little crazy, not just a little hinting that he's a there's a black ops project going on. Yeah, that's kind hey, of the you impression we get.
1: I'm not saying that they can't explain how, how a conviction right, be can, can get back on a starship and maybe even, oh, God, if if they give her back her rank, I'm, I'm going to shut off the computer right then. In but episode I, three, if they give her back her rank, no. But, no. I, but I do want to say, I thought her acting was really, really oh, excellent. Spot on, spot on. Except at the end of episode two when she didn't defend herself at all because she was heartbroken. that I, I get it. I well, get why she didn't. She just said guilty. You know, when when even a token defense would 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 have gotten her out of the life in prison gig.
0: True, or that could also be part of her Vulcan training reasserting itself, where she's no, just like these no, are the she, facts she she that are presented.
1: Absolutely broken. there's yeah, no Vulcan. Yeah, she. And well, in the, in the, in the whole previews of this episode, where I got this picture from, the previous episode yeah. three, she was no, there was no Vulcan training in sight. She yeah. was angry. She yeah. was angry herself. She was sad. She was beating on folk yep. just for no reason. So yeah, I mean, she, I, I think she's left that Vulcan crap behind, at least yeah. for the.
0: potential. yeah, she's clearly broken down, which is actually a nice character touch. Oh, yeah. if I want to nitpick something. Yeah when Sarek speaks with her across the distance through the telepathic oh, and link. Yeah. Because he, he put his chakra, what not chakra? Ah, Catra, Catra. Yeah, put his Katra into her. I was like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Nope. That's supposed to be a major freaking thing and she didn't know it. It okay. is. It is. And, the it, I, and,
1: you, and you can't just split it in like small pieces yeah. like, like Voldemort. Well, you know, yeah. you're, you're, well you're, I don't know. Picard got your, it too, apparently.
0: Apparently everyone gets a piece of his Katra. That's just what he does. Ugh.
1: Whatever.
0: Because yeah. in Enterprise, they made even like they made it seem like pre, enter pre those episodes that Vulcan's even showing they had those mental powers was apocryphal, not apocryphal. Um... Anyway, bad. Like, you yep. couldn't do it. Not great. Yeah, you would be drunk, you'd be considered a freak, and you had to hide those abilities. And so the fact he's just, even before that, ha- well, this is well, post-Enterprise, no, but uh, still.
1: Archer... In the years prior to, to, to this series, Ar- Archer made the whole Katra thing and the Vulcan mind meld a little more commonplace. Right, right. But yeah. still, you're still not going to go sh- give it to some, gr- well, no, didn't
0: some, some, some to girl. Well, did he say he had to give it no, to her man. when she was a little girl to save her life? Please. It didn't make any sense to me. No. Taboo, Duncan Ives says. That's good word for it. Taboo's good, yeah. Because yeah, it was like when Spock did it to McCoy, it was because I'm going to die and I want to leave this behind. You know, he knew, himself, he, gonna right, like, he knew he was going to die. Right, he knew he was going to his death. Yeah. Uh, whereas Serik just does it because you know it's you know 8 p.m. and he's hungry.
1: <laughs> <The> true.
0: <trip. laughs> yeah, I says, uh, "See the full clip. of was a three. She's very vocal, probably snaps easily." Uh, yeah, it, I think that cynthia Martin Green, the actress, actress, is doing a great job portraying someone who's trying to hold Vulcan ideals, but they're far too human. Right. And she's doing the writing is good on that. Her acting is great on that because. I was actually—I think I've said before—I was worried in the previews up to this that she's a human race by Vulcans is going to talk like this all of the time because she's a Vulcan. But they actually do a good job. Like she kind of slips into that, but she's well, no, they, they not bound Well, they had
1: balancing. really good. Like, in, the, in the very in the in the uh, flashback when they when she first got on the ship, she was all acting very Vulcan. But then you compare that with in the first sequence when they were on the the, the desert planet, she was she was uh, she seemed very human.
0: Right. Comparatively. Yeah, you kind of see like start breaking down those barriers seven years later yeah. yeah i i also get the impression that you're going to see a lot of the shenzu crew in flashbacks mm, especially maybe. the captain
1: maybe michelle yo the 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 uh, uh ginger kid who, who got killed in the fight no that was in space zombies or that was in well, red shirt i'm zombie. just calling it timmy i don't remember his name because he was a red shirt <laughs> Remember he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, he died injury. real fast. I remember that. Yeah. He got sucked out because he was visiting her in the jail. Oh. I just called him Timmy. Oh, you know the uh. Timmy.
0: The Daft Punk robot? No, no, no. The the. No, no, no. I'm just the, asking. The, do you remember? Kid. I know what you're talking about, but you're, oh, yeah. do you remember the uh?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They're actually, not what? a robot. Is an android? No, it's a person. If you read the book, I haven't read it yet, but this is what people are saying.
1: Okay.
0: Um, uh, it's actually she that it's a girl who I forget her name who's actually wearing a holographic targeting helmet. So Why? she's at weapons and instead of like staring at two D screens, when she puts it on, she gets a full three D view. So it's okay. easier to target weapons. Like, oh that's kinda neat. She still looks like she's going to a Daft Punk concert. Mm, yeah. But it's a neat idea. So anyway. Uh so
1: yeah, right now we're liking it. Episode three has me worried yeah. though. Yeah, Do not yeah, like that, the... so much way. there's so much uh so much riding on episode three yeah. that it's scary. Um, Also,
0: I hate to be on board this bandwagon, but I hate the Cleons. The way they're being depicted, yep. the way they look, the way they're acting, the way they're written, the way they
1: talk—everything is a wrong move. Yes, Every, everything they went the wrong way, and it was just bad.
0: Yes, and I really hate saying that, but it's true. Um, hey,
1: you know what? They, 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 they full-on secret empired it. What are you gonna do? <laughs>
0: Uh, oh, Nick Spencer. Everything wrong. you
1: do just went the wrong way.
0: But the, because there's been a lot leading up to this. Like if those are Klingons, I'm not watching. And I never said anything like that.
1: No, no, no. I, I can, I can think the Klingons depicted in this show are stupid, which they are, and still, and still pop, and still possibly really like the show. But if they, if they, if they screw up uh, a, a con- convicted attempted mutineer get, getting, getting her commander rank back in one episode, yeah, shenanigans, super shenanigans.
0: Yeah. Uh thought secret empire, yeah. Duncan Knight 11 says, I'm worried by 3-2, just where this year's can go. I'd like to have Captain Lorca to out to be more of a Sephirom Cochran-type figure versus the evil Admiral Captain Type A. Yeah, but we'll see. I'm thinking they're actually trying to base him a lot off of Captain... Oh my gosh! The Cage. The first Captain of the Enterprise.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Uh... Pike. Pike. Yes, Pike.
0: Yeah, I think they're basing him a lot off of the, the original ideas for Captain Pike.
1: Original ideas, but he turned out... He yeah. turned out to end up being, like, a straight-laced dude.
0: Yeah, but I think they're... Because... Roddenberry's ideas for Pike, he was a little more active. He was more of a cowboy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of what we're going to be seeing out of Lorca. But I don't know. The, guy play, yeah, we'll the actor out. doing Lorca is freaking awesome, so... The cast is just really good in this.
1: Yes, yes, they got a really good cast. They, they, they got really good writers, mm-hmm. and uh, well, r- writers for for dialogue and character interaction.
0: But uh, this I do right. want to say about uh, the two part of the opened up Star Trek Discovery.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Out of all the Star Trek series opening episodes, it is the best one. Yes. Um, it's better than. Uh, well, it's better than the Cage. Well, I like the cage a lot, actually.
1: Yeah, but it's still better, I think. Uh, Definitely, definitely, definitely better than *Encounter* farpoint. Definitely
0: better than *Encounter* farpoint. Definitely Uh, better than the first episode of *Voyager*. *Voyager*
1: and DS9. Um, Yeah, I didn't like the
0: first episode of DS9. Didn't like the first episode of *Enterprise* at all. No. I *Voyager* was so bad that I I, bought—I was in military training at Mm -hmm. tech school. I bought a TV, a little crap TV, just so I could watch it. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I watched it and went, oh, and I turned it off and never watched it again until the series was until Voyager was on Netflix. Oh, wow. <laughs> I saw like one or two episodes in between there just because it was by accident. But that episode, that pilot for Voyager was so bad, I couldn't bring myself to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, Duncan, I love this says Enterprise pilot his previous favorite, but now it's this one. But it's a short list. Yeah, I, I agree. The Enterprise pilot is uh, is good. It's better than counter farpoint for God's sake. Oh, oh, *Layers*. It's better than *Voyagers*, and yeah, I'd say it's better than ds 9s But this did a great job introducing you to the two key characters, key ideas of the series. Um, so it freaking looks incredible. I mean, it looked to me the, this looks better than the JJ well,
1: I, I, I Yeah, it, it, but I think that the that the look is not sustainable in the long run. They have to uh, see how it how it goes. I
0: don't know. They got the sets built. They just keep using them.
1: Mm, that that that's the thing that I'm, I'm talking about. All of the graphics, all the all the all the CGI stuff. They're not going to be able to, to pour out that that level of badassery. I don't know. I think they every can. Episode. I no, think the, I the, think the money's going to run out. The money's going to run out. Uh, so, Duncan, I don't want
0: to bring it up again because that two starships met in space and they had different orientations.
1: Yes, that's Which nice.
0: Has never been seen in Star Trek before. And everyone always complained. How come they always know how to line up? Well, because they know how to line up. It's not hard.
1: Well, yeah, why bother? You don't
0: need to line up.
1: Well, there, there, there is still a thing of uh, uh, bringing your most powerful weapons to bear on somebody, and usually that's in the front.
0: Yeah, but I mean, but you know, if two allied ships don't really need to be oriented, so yeah, that was neat. But they are doing a lot of neat little things. Um, I'm optimistic, but concerned.
1: I, I am mostly concerned. I, yeah, I'm mostly concerned. I personally, I cannot see a way. That that they're that they're gonna salvage the situation, but also I am not a professional writer, so there you go. Yeah, it's good if I can't see the way and they pull it off. That's amazing. <laughs> Baldar says we're all nerds. Nerds. Nerds.
0: And <laughs> uh, ending and that will end that segment of the RNG because we are nerds. Yes. Uh thank you everyone for paying attention for while we went through that. Um. I'm such a Star Trek nerd, and I was very excited about it. I'm definitely bigger—I've said it before—Star a Star Trek nerd than a Star Wars nerd, so I'm very excited about it. So, so far, thumbs up for the series, but we'll see. Hard to tell after just the intro. It really is hard to tell at the first episode. It really is. Uh, Doug Knight says he thinks nobody doesn't want to say anything before tomorrow's episode because it could be spoil STO. It could. All right. So, if you like this, you want to subscribe or comment, you can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Uh, check out all our videos on YouTube. We have almost a thousand videos up there. Thousands of yep. hours of content that it's you true. could be enjoying well, instead right of now, going well, to now, work or school. Now, now,
1: now. Finish this episode first. Then go and enjoy those thousands of hours of content.
0: Indeed. Uh, YouTube.com slash c slash Legion of Myth. Just go to YouTube, type in Legion of Myth. You'll find us. Uh, you can find, go to our subreddit. You can find us on facebookcom slash group of Myth. You can oh, tweet us. Oh,
1: that reminds me, uh, there there is a poll up uh, r- right now on our Facebook page. There to is r- to what RPG I will be I will be uh, uh, reviewing next, and right pen now and paper the winner RPG. is the uh, the World of Darkness series. Interesting. So if you don't, if you feel strongly that you do not want to hear about that, go pick something else. You you can even you can even input your own, like bunnies and burrows. Yeah, do it. Or tunnels and uh, trolls. Cribbage. I don't care if 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 cribbage had a role playing aspect, you could I'd do that as long as it got the votes. Oh. But go go and check it out and uh, cast your vote. Oh, wow. I sh- do you
0: know what I should have done. What I should have added tales of Equestria. Okay. That's the My Little Pony pen and paper RPG.
1: Oh yeah, that no. Luckily, that probably wouldn't have
0: won. Actually, it probably would.
1: <laughs> Shut up.
0: <laughs> just to enter, just to annoy you.
1: Uh, oh, but
0: you can tweet us at Legion of Myth on Twitter. You can go to our Discord channel. Uh checks out Facebook Messenger and also our Steam community at steamcommunity.com slash group slash Legion of Myth. You can see what games on Steam the Legion of Myth plays and recommends. Don't judge us too harshly. Oh. Especially me. All right, you can look at, uh, check checks out the audio version of this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music. If you're going through iTunes, go ahead and drop us a review if you like. Uh, Five Stars helps us out and brings other people into the legion. Do you have any final words of wisdom there, Heathen Dog?
1: Tomorrow, I, we will all be on our computer and you may hear me scream from wherever you are on the planet if if they if they screw this up. That
0: is true. Speaking of discovery again. yes. Now everyone, if you want to support the Legion of Myth, you can do it through a streaming subscription on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth, a Patreon subscription at patreon.com slash Legion of Myth, or a Streamlabs donation uh, directly through PayPal or by getting our gear... And why shouldn't it's you? Beer. At shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. You can check out Max Leo and Noro's streams. We did talk about those. Max uh, Streams is two since Friday's at nineteen hundred Central European time. Currently Kings Ambler Reckoning, that's been a lot of fun. Upcoming Star Wars Battlefront 2.
1: Yes, that's a uh, that that open beta is on the fourth.
0: Yep. And currently, he is playing through on YouTube Starpoint Gemini Warlords. Uh, Nora Rahu streams Wednesdays at 1900 Central European. Currently doing World of Tapes, World of Tanks, and upcoming to be decided. Yeah, Lots she, of fun. Uh,
1: she tried uh, Twin Saga. Yeah, they did not like that. It's not for she them. It. She hated it, and and since they live in Germany, uh, they're having trouble get, getting her on uh, Final Fantasy XIV because they want her to go on European servers. Right, I'm and actually in the that. alpha for Closers
0: nice that's interesting it's not what I quite what I expected but it's interesting
1: cool well you'll, you'll have to give us a review next time
0: no uh, I might alright let's, let's start the music time, again because so. you're eating up all my music time sorry alright so yet again we're going to talk about our top subscribers we thank our top subscribers very much Hicks206 with Desis, Red Spec Gaming, another Twitch streamer uh, Patreon through Patreon Hicks206 Elgarian with Soda and the role players of the Avatar, check out rpiota.com, and share us. Through Streamlabs, we have Baldahar, Erwin Rommel, McCool's Harem, the Magical Cat Girl Fanboy, Spectral Fire, the Level 99 Cat Girl Armor Lover, and Heathen Dog. And through PayPal, Alan51. Thank you all very much. Remember, everyone, you have one life. Live it well, and have a great Diurnal Anomaly. thank you very much we appreciate all you do and we'll keep doing it to you as long as we can